Shamai. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Be Better podcast. Um, thank you to all of those tuning in and our regular listeners, both of you. I don't know. Is there more than two? Hopefully. Um, with me today uh, for this latest episode, I have the amazing and awesome Tesh Randall from the Raglan Food Co. How's it going, Tesh? Kia ora. Kia ora, Tim. That's going very well. I'm really good. Thanks. How are you going? I'm doing very always well at Grow Good Towers. We are just mm-hmm. a force for positivity and energy and generally doing good in the world. So we never have Marvelous. a bad day. Never have a bad day here. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe occasionally, but we just don't talk about it. Um, yeah. Now, we, before we start, we have to say also uh, hello to your 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 buddy on your forehead, which is Yogi. Your, My good mate, uh... Yogi. <laughs> He's been it's following cool. me around for nearly nine <laughs> years now. <laughs> so good day, Yogi, too. Um so for people who don't know who uh who Tesh Randall is uh, or, or what the uh, Raglan Coca- sorry Raglan food company is um yeah tell us who you are well uh i am a happy fungadoa raglan resident <laughs> and have been for nearly 12 years um so living in a really lovely little surf town for people who haven't been here before where like 35 minutes from Hamilton on the West Coast, lots of lovely surf breaks and cool, funky community with lots of artists and hippies and gardeners and dog walkers and all that sort of thing, yoga instructors. Um, <laughs> kind of like a mini Byron Bay. Um, yep. I have to describe yep. it or a little Santa Cruz. And yeah, so really enjoying being here. Um, Raglan Food Co. started very organically out of the community nine years ago. Total fluke business, um, just making coconut yogurt at home, like to eat for breakfast and yep. offered it for sale to the locals on the local Facebook group. And it kind of took off and everyone wanted it. And next thing, everyone's showing up at the garage door, kind of wanting to pick up their jar of yogurt. And I was trying to scrummage all the glass jars I could from the recycling center and from friends and scrubbing up the labels filling them with yogurt and so it was all you know very very small scale grassroots yeah doing it at home kind of kind of business and yeah it's grown a lot um from those days of making it in a saucepan now we're making it in sort of <laughs> six thousand liter in, tanks you know so in, in, in lots of saucepans yeah yeah very large <laughs> ones yeah built a factory and um, we've got a little as, factory as you do Mm-hmm. <laughs> one and a half thousand square meters just on the outskirts of town so sort of three minutes from the town center um yeah got a whole crew of yoga tears we've got sort of 28 tears. Love 30 it. people yeah so we call them not musketeers <laughs> yoga tears um, I, I, I always feel that every company should have some kind of collective noun to describe the people that work there um i think your, yours is definitely up there the other really good one is genora they call themselves genora the genorables the generables. I thought that's quite cool. We're so generable. I thought that's that's a really <laughs> so good generable. It's so that generable. That's pretty cute. That is pretty mm-hmm. cute. But I, I do like the yeah, the yogurt is that's up there. Um yep. and so but I, I seem to recall we we have done a couple of events uh before. There's quite a cool backstory though as to how you first even started making coconut yogurt. So t- tell us about that. Oh yeah. Um, well, there's just nothing around that you can buy at this time. So this is sort of 10 years ago now. Um, and I've been vegetarian since I was 18. Um, and then kind of on that journey to plant-based. So wanting to cut out dairy, um, being the main one, because dairy is 
and everything. <laughs> and it's also very delicious. So it's it's quite hard to find alternatives that taste as good. And yeah, I was kind of keen to get something that was dairy-free, didn't trigger allergies. Um, but there just wasn't anything. There was soy yogurt at the time. Mm. Um Kingland soy yogurt and it's just sort of like a glibbery quite a glibbery texture and it was like well if you can't buy it maybe we can make it um and I was making kombucha at home kefir you know baking bread and so doing the kind of hippie DIY thing anyway and thought well I'll just make my own yogurt um yeah played around with lots of different recipes and tried to find something that was good tested it on partner family friends everyone until we had something that was really nice and then yeah it didn't feel like a sacrifice then because giving up yogurt is a bit of a sacrifice because it is delicious and yeah and it was like equally good or better so yeah that was it I I was just saying before we we went sort of live with the recording I've just had my afternoon tea of some raglan coconut vanilla yogurt with a bit of protein powder in it and it's It's, it's I, I genuinely think it's tastier than normal yogurt. Um, yeah, so, I think so too. Yeah, so go you. So um, n- none of the friends or family died in the uh, in the testing process? Not a one. <laughs> Happy to report. Yeah, no humans harmed in the making of regular buco. It's like... And, and people, the family were pretty responsive. They were happy. They were, they were like, oh, Tesh, look, I can't I can't eat another pot of yogurt. I'm just, can you just... Obviously, they were all, they were all on, on board with it they loved it it was just an instant like people would have a spoon of it and be like man this is good and then they'd have another spoon and it just sort of sold itself and it's been that way ever since you know like from that first group of people there were 60 people who wanted to buy it when I first offered a couple of jars for sale and then that first group of 60 all told their friends and then you know it's just been a really organic word of mouth sort of growth nice super cool um Yeah. yeah I guess it's it's quite refreshing and and I think it's cool, just cool for and inspiring for people to know that that sort of I started it in my garage or in my kitchen. I, I suppose you're you're quite similar to Brianne from Matique, um in that model of just you know just started making the product at home in the kitchen and yeah let's just let's just try it. And I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Um, yeah, just from from a, like a sales and marketing perspective, you you, you sort of identified a, a challenge or or somewhere where there, there could be room for improvement. But you actually gave it a go instead of sort of just complaining about it and buying yeah. still buying the crap that you didn't you didn't like you or, didn't like or, or not having it. That's um, pretty much the it, Kiwi way. It is, yeah. And I think, yeah, and, and I think it just it just proves like if you've got an idea, just give it a go. What's the worst that yeah. can happen? You end up yeah. creating a really cool business that's doing great things. Yeah. I mean, the worst or, thing that could have happened would have been food poisoning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In my yeah. case, but that yeah. Happened, yeah. But hey, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so what's your role now within the company? Uh, so now I'm the head of impact. Um, that's my main role. So I take care of all the certification side of things. So we're toy to climate positive. Um, we had been carbon zero for the last four years. And just this year, we leveled up to climate yep. positive. Um, B Corp, obviously, which we're going to talk yep. about today. I've done that, you know, from the first audit. Um, we have a community fund. That, that I run so we give out grants to people locally doing good things for social or environmental causes yep. people apply um, we fund every quarter and sort of support them and get the word out there as well 
we just started a Vibe Lifter podcast because um, we also run awesome. a Vibe Lifter award program and yep. people can apply for a $2,500 grant for that. So anywhere in the country, if you're doing something really good for people or the planet, you can apply. Yep. Um, and then we sort of share those stories and help them with what they're doing. Um, we do a lot of different programs. We're cleaning up mm. plastic from beaches all around the country. Yep. We're trying to get to a million pieces, still 60,000 pieces away. So I'm hoping we're going to wow. get there over summer. Wow. Um yeah, and so I get to, get to take care of that side of things. And then I'm on the board. I'm a director. Um, so we have yeah monthly board meetings and all that kind of governance side of yeah. things. And I also do a bit with culture, so team events and helping out with team stuff as well. So, yeah. So I, I basically am doing the fun stuff now <laughs> that nice. I really enjoy, whereas <laughs> I used to do everything. So, you know, I've worked yeah. in production. I've worked in dispatch. I've <laughs> done admin I've done the accounts I've done customer service sales like every everything I've done it all yeah yep. but I think, I think that's good um and I think as a, as a you know because did you found the business by yourself or were you so me and my co-founder yeah, yeah. Seb yeah yeah did it together so, yeah so I think I think it's good for co-founders to you know to, to you, you need to know what well how do we how do we ship stuff you know actually yeah. is that is that a good way to do it is it the most impactful way to do it um otherwise yeah i, I always love watching those well i don't watch them all the time but you know there's those programs where they, the ceo goes back to the they go undercover yes and they go, they go I've the seen those. And, and they they are so shocked at the poor conditions that their staff have and you know how none of the systems work that they've all you know, they, they've all approved and agreed upon at a board level or at a, at a senior leadership level and until they yeah and you, i just go how how can you become so disconnected from from your, I guess, you know, companies with thousands of employees. Yeah, they're so yeah, big. It just shows the real lack of just that, that personal just interest and connection and in, in actually, mm-hmm. you know, this this is our sort of team. So, yeah, I think it's always good when when the boss has been through the ranks, as it were, so that you yeah. can turn around and go, yeah, look, I, I know that job sucks, but I, I did do it for six months. So I feel your pain. We're working on yeah. Yeah, doing, doing the best that we can. No, you can cool. relate. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, so what was your background then? Did, did you have any background in sort of food technology or or any, any interest in food? Like when Tesh was growing up, was was young Tesh kind of going, when I'm older, I'm going to run a really full, successful yogurt-based company? Nope. Young Tesh was not thinking about that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Although I've always loved food and I used to do um, bake sales, like as a kid to make money and do baking yeah. and sell it on the side of the road with my sister. Yeah. Um, I've worked in cafes and restaurants and I tried to be, <laughs> I tried to be the marketing person for multiple yogurt companies because I really love yogurt. So I actually right. tried to hit up a bunch of, um, when I had my own agency and I've also had a copywriting agency. So I went kind of more into the brand marketing yep. side of things. Yep. Um, and I thought, oh, how cool would it be to just get free yogurt all the time? I should do marketing <laughs> for yogurt companies. So I reached out to, I don't know, five different yogurt companies at the time and tried to pitch them to be their marketing person. A couple of them got back to me, but they weren't hiring or whatever. And yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, never mind. But now I have plenty of free yogurt. So it's all worked out just fine. <laughs> oh, literally all the yogurt you can eat. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you, 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 I'm surprised you're not sick of yogurt by now. <laughs> i'm not i still love it like it's still really good and there's so many flavors that you know you can rotate yeah. through them so it's not like you're just eating yeah. the plain one all the time like, I'm, I'm pretty stuck on the vanilla one uh, I just, yeah it's the I best do. seller now right people love I'm, the vanilla I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best 
<laughs> it's good. Yeah, keep it up. Keep buying those jars. But I love going through, um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to premium food shops. Like I've always loved that. So I used to walk mm-hmm. around Nosh when we had Nosh yeah, in yeah. Auckland. That was a while yeah. ago. And Farrow. And, you know, yeah. I can spend hours in a in a shop like that, just looking at all the products, looking at all mm-hmm. the packaging. So I've always been into that. And I used to be the marketing person for Giapo ice cream in Auckland. I don't know right. if you know them, but it's really, them. really delicious ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did quite a bit for them as well and ate lots of ice cream in the process. So yeah, an interest in food, but never thought about starting a yogurt company. Yeah, yeah. That was extremely, extremely random that this has ended up happening. Yeah. I, don't, I bet there's a few people in the marketing departments in those companies that you reached out to going, we really should have given that that lady a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, especially some competitors. The collective was one of them. <laughs> I've hustled the founder Angus about it. That you should nice. have hired me. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did give you fair warning. I did tell you I really like yogurt and I can really do some cool stuff for you. But hey, you you knew best. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um. So 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 any any food connections in your broader family like any like mum dad aunties uncles um in the food food world so you're you're literally no, tra- not trailblazing really. all around Hospo, people working in restaurants yeah. or managing restaurants but no no one no one was doing food products yeah, yeah. so that's not the background but i had a really yeah. unusual background career anyway like i didn't go to school i didn't go to university i was homeschooled i didn't do an oe so i've been working full time since i was mm. 15 um, and I've done heaps of different jobs, lots yep. of different industries and various startup projects along the way. So I've always yep. been into business. That's been my thing. Yeah, nice. And so and that that wasn't a barrier in any way to sort of getting marketing roles or, or do you feel like you did you start, like you said, you started your own kind of gigs fairly young. So you, so you had a portfolio of work or, or experience to sort of say, look, I've, I've been doing this. I've done so many things. Uh, yeah, I've been the editor of a travel magazine for eight years. I've published children's books and sold them into stores. I was buying and selling cell phones on Trebi when I was 12. Like, I've I've hustled all kinds of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pro- proper startup sort of CEO mentality. So, yeah, you've been, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, not as prolific as yourself, but I remember me, me and a mate when, when we were at school, we started a car washing business. Yeah, we were yeah. maybe sort of 15 you know and it was sort of five in the uk so it was you know five quid for the outside and then we did we were doing the outside and then we were like wow we're, we're missing the trick here we can be cleaning the insides as well and uh-huh. so you know we, we took some of our profits and we reinvested in a little um dust devil dirt devil whatever called little little hoover had that yeah. in our backpack as we were biking around and so like, hey do you want to we'll do the inside and out for 10 quid um yeah, yeah it, was, it was great just you know just door knocking right there you know? Yeah, and you know, just door knocking. Hey, Geordie Car Clean, we can come around yeah. once a week or once a month, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good for people to to give that a go. Um, Agreed. You know, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? They say no. Don't, yeah. don't knock again. Move okay. on to the next one. The next one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, so so when did you start the company again? It was about. It was two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, nine years this year. Nice, and so. What what was the first step then? Obviously, you you kind of realised you had a bit of a tiger by the tail. Okay, this is quite popular. We're we've we've literally flooded Raglan with with coconut yogurt. Yeah. What what yeah? What did the journey look like from there? Um, mm. Well, everyone was calling me the yogurt lady, so I'd go into town. <laughs> and people would be like, "Oh, are you the yogurt lady?" 
<laughs> Oh, hi, it's the yogurt lady. And that's still, the people still ask me that all the time. I use the yogurt lady, um, which is cool. But yeah, so I went from that to hiring the local community kitchen. That was sort of the first step, yep. like getting out of home, um, which is great because it's all food certified and so on. Yep. And a bunch of other local producers use that, people who have done baking and ice blocks and pies and all sorts of things. Yep. So using that and then very quickly we were outgrowing that. Like we were there till midnight making batches of yogurt, like hand stirring these big pots. Mm. We got sort of hundred liter pots, custom fitted them with an urn tap on the bottom so we could hand fill the jars and hand screw Yep. on the lids and so on. Um, and then started thinking about making our own mini factory. So we ended up building a, a sort of a mini plant and a shipping container. That was the next step. And then we had to find somewhere to put the shipping container. So we leased a building in town. It used to be a motor workshop, put the container in there. So we just leased a third of the building and then we kept growing. So then we leased half the building and knocked the wall out of the container, built a production room, got more tanks, built a little office space. Uh, then we needed more space again. So we built a chiller out the front and storage out the back and leased the whole building. So we kind of gradually extended over this building. And then that was also getting too small. So then it was, okay, we need our own space. Um, so bought land outside of town um, in the Know My Business Park, which is just starting up and built the whole factory like from a green field from scratch. Um, so that was the kind of big jump and yeah, remortgaged. The house to do it and Wow. yeah and then just went all in on the yogurt so and we've been here for a few years now and it's awesome Yep. like having our own space and being the landlords and yeah Yep. it's really made a difference so we could could level up quite a lot after getting Yep. in here Sort of masters of your own destiny without having to worry yeah about. Yeah. Yeah, there was Wow. always some problem. And I mean, it was great being right in the center of town, but it also came with its downsides. Like people would just wander into the factory all the time. Like, hi, oh, we'd love to see what you guys are doing. And Yeah, oh, could sure. we buy a jar of yogurt? And like, because we're just right there and people knew we were there. And then the truck's trying to come in and pick up yogurt. And there's all these pedestrians like crossing the road. And so it's actually quite nice being in a more commercial area. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag health and safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm, pretty much. Um yeah, haven't haven't lost anyone in a vat yet though. No, thank God. <laughs> Gosh, that would be awful. what a way to go. Um So, I mean, it's it's quite cool. Um, yeah, I mean, literally, uh, you know, organic um, organic growth. Because I think having, I mean, I guess loosely connected to the to that FMCG world through very, well, you know, through helping companies with B Corp or in a former life when I some work with conscious consumers, we're talking to brands. Oh, yeah. And um, quite often it feels in the food and beverage sector, it's quite often that the brand that you see on the shelf is more than likely actually owned by some big conglomerate. And the the sub-brand that you think you're buying, that you imagine is Tesh and her partner and her mates making it, is actually quite a large commercial outfit. And it's more about, we see a, um, uh, what's the word, like a, an opportunity in the market to launch a product to sell to people. Um, and it's kind of like, they just try and flood the market to, to capture it. Whereas... yours has literally been from the ground up and it it feels a bit more authentic and a bit more and i think that you know like i say that the story that you've got behind it it's not like we we wanted to sell coconut yogurt to try and take down dairy yogurt because we could see there's a market opportunity it's like actually there's generally people who either can't eat that yogurt or want a a, a dairy a, you know dairy free alternative 
and and you yeah you built it from the ground up. But I think that's just yeah. There's a depth to that. Um, yeah. Which yeah. That's the really real deal. Resonates with people. Yeah, and then it's also cool that we've been able to keep it in Raglan because that's been a big thing for us, like wanting yeah. to keep the business here, keep the jobs here, because it's a small community. It's quite yeah. rural. There's only sort of 4,000 people that live here permanently. They're yeah. more of a summer when all the holiday houses are full, but yeah. there's not that much year-round employment. It's quite hard for people to have a year-round job. It's very yeah. seasonal. So, yeah, because we were looking at... Oh, do we have to take it to Hamilton? Are we going to have to move it to Auckland? Mm. When it didn't look like we could get our own site, there wasn't right. any land available. There wasn't any big right. buildings to lease. You know, it's a tiny community. Mm. So, yeah, so when this place came up, it was like, okay, we have to do this. Like, this is this is our opportunity. Otherwise, we have to move it. And, mm. like, no one wanted to move. <laughs> Everyone wants yeah. to live in Raglan. So yeah. that's sort of, yeah. So it is actually Raglan Food Go. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what was was it like a farmer just was like, hey, I can sell you some land? Or how did how did the land suddenly become available? Uh, we were talking to a farmer at one point. We had a farmer. We were talking to a trust. We were, we were talking to anyone. Um, but this is actually in a new development. So it's called the Know My Business Park. So there's right. a bunch of other, there's there's storage sheds and there's a mechanic right. and so on. So it's, yeah, a bunch of companies. And this one site that was being developed, it was a really long project. I think the guy spent maybe 10 years on the, on oh, the wow. project. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was really lucky. So we got some of the last available um, sites. Mm. Because I guess it it again we'll, we'll sort of well, we'll get a bit more into the impact kind of stuff, but presumably was there any trade off in your mind between you know this is a small rural community, um, and if suddenly it's full of industry and you're building a massive factory that's got a you know possibly detrimental environmental impact, but on the other side of the scales you're creating employment in a community that can be potentially quite transient and there's not many you know good jobs in good companies. So yeah, did you did you have to sort of ponder any of that whilst you were thinking about? But obviously, you wanted to keep it. It's the mm. Raglan Food Co. So yeah, we don't actually want to change it to the Hamilton Food Co. Or the or no, the doesn't have the same ring to it, not, does not it? Not quite as cool. Yeah. So was was there any tension in your in your minds as you were sort of navigating that part of it? No, I mean, like it all just seemed positive. I don't really yeah. think of any negative impact. Um, I think yeah, there's so much that we've given back to the community. And so many people that have come through here and gotten really good experience and then gone on to do other things. It's been like a, it's been a really nice stepping stone for a lot of people. We've had a lot of team members who have gone on to start their own businesses. You know, they've been kind of like inspired and they've got an entrepreneurial bent as well. And we've almost mentored them a little bit and then kind of sent them off to do something else. And um, yeah, I didn't really see any downsides. I saw a lot of downsides if we moved the whole thing somewhere else, but not yeah. many with keeping it here. The only things that are a challenge are things like attracting kind of higher level talent, you know, like if yeah. you need someone with a really specific background, like a food technologist, for example, mm-hmm. there aren't just heaps of food technologists sort of floating around Raglan looking for yeah. jobs. So <laughs> you end up sort of trying to get people to move from Auckland or from Hamilton yeah. here. Um, so we have had a few people that have done that. Our new operations manager moved down from Auckland and, yeah, so, and our supply chain managers also just moved over recently from Hamilton, so we've had to do that. But yeah. it's an appealing proposition because, you know, well, yeah. you have to live in Raglan. So I was going to say, yeah, it's like, so oh, I have to live in Raglan? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but some people are city people, you know, it always well, surprises yeah, yeah, me, but there are yeah. people who are like, oh, no, I'd prefer to commute. And I'm like, why would you prefer to commute? Really? I live in Auckland, yeah. like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I work from home. 
but occasionally people will request a meeting at 8.30 or 4.30 in town. And it just, uh, one day every three months of sitting in rush hour traffic, I, I just cannot, I don't understand how people do it. Generally, it's horrible. It's just, it's, it's horrible. And it's just the most pointless. I mean, sure, you get through a couple of podcasts, but I'd rather be doing that, taking the dog for a walk rather than yeah. sat in a car, sucking on the fumes of the car in front of me. Same. But, hey, yeah. Mm. I think may- maybe it's become so normalized for some people that, yeah, they're just it's, used to it's it. It's just like I'm so used to it. I can't actually imagine. It's almost Stockholm syndrome with the commute. Yeah, I I love I love my captor <laughs> so much. I can't see my life without it. Yeah, no, mm. not for me. Not for me. Nope. Um, so the 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 idea of the coconut company or the food company was there, um, built mainly on on the product side of things. So where where did the idea of sort of purpose, business for good? And, you know, we'll talk a bit more about the, you've already mentioned some of the impact that you're doing, but was, was that, yeah, was that something from day one that you wanted to build in or was it something that kind of crept in as you were going along the journey of, of creating the business? It's just naturally there from the beginning. I think it, a lot of it just comes down to the type of person that you are yeah. and, you know, like why, why I wanted to live in Raglan is because I really resonated with the values here in the community and like people here care about waste. They care about trees, they care about animals, they care about the water. That's just sort of the type of person that wants to live in a place like Raglan. So I guess because we started here and then all our first hires were family members or hippie friends, <laughs> that was really <laughs> who we started with. Then that was just in the company from the beginning and it was just sort of intrinsic to who we were. Yeah, so the sort of things we thought of doing were those sorts of things. So just... Yep naturally evolved and then we were able to do more and more as we got bigger because we got more resources and so on so we could put more into giving back um you know to the point now where I can have a dedicated role as being head of impact um so yeah I think it's just baked in yeah and so as part of your upbringing was that was that sort of a consideration of the obviously being homeschooled I'm guessing a lot of the values that you have come from mum and dad from, from the homeschooling and experiences that you had yeah, so yeah, what, what, definitely. What, what were sort of mum and dad up to as 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 careers or professions when when they were raising you? Um, or yeah, how, how did the the upbringing? Because as I said before we started, it seems to me there's there's two types of people that we tend mm. to speak to. One is more seemingly like yourself, like just from day one, I've just been brought up to to do good and and think about other you know environment and people. And then there's others who more like myself who had some kind of moment of an epiphany, going yeah. actually the path I've been sent on and the story I've been fed about what does, uh, you know, work for you or, or should mm, be a good, good life for you, or, at, yeah, yeah, actually isn't the right one. And it's typically yeah. quite a hard stop moment where you go, whoa, hang on a minute. But yeah, just maybe just unpack a little bit more about, yeah, what what was it that, that led you to be, because not everyone, not everyone thinks like we do. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely the first type of person. Um, my family is very values oriented and I suppose that was a big part of the reason of wanting to homeschool us um my parents are just good hard-working Kiwis really like um they're not big career people at all yeah. uh my mom was full-time homeschooling us so there's four four kids um uh-huh. and my dad was working from home as an architect and he's also a builder um so he kind of entrepreneurially decided that he wanted to be a builder after he had only been an architect so he wanted to actually design and build right so he so he sort of did that and moved us all up to Dagobah we were in Auckland at the time 
and went and bought some sites of land up there and started designing and building. And mm. he, he hadn't ever built a whole house before, you know, right. so it did seem quite radical at the time for my mom mm. and so on. Um, so he got into that. So he was he was at home as well most of the time. Um, and yeah, mom is just a really kind and generous person. Um, so she's modeled that for us. Mm-hmm. from the beginning like just yesterday I popped in to see her because she lives next door now in Raglan nice. um, and she was baking a cake for a friend whose husband had just passed away from cancer and you know she was taking around dinner for the whole whanau mm-hmm. and feeding them and that's just sort of classic mum you know she's always doing something like that for someone yep. else and if we got birthday presents you know we had to handwrite thank you notes to everyone who gave us a birthday present yep. and we had our little jars, we had our savings, spending and giving yep. jars for our pocket money. Right. So we'd always put money in the giving jar and pick things to give yeah, yeah. to. And so that was, yeah, that's just, that's, and we're all like that. So that the four kids, I'm the oldest. Um, my brother works with people who have disabilities. Uh, so he coordinates activities for them at this lovely yep. organization called Hohepa down there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah oh you know them yeah Yeah, so he he takes them all on fun outings and teaches them music and does all these lovely things with them and then my youngest sister's working with elderly people um in a retirement home in Hamilton and my other sister teaches kids singing lessons and like they're all very all very caring um, giving people yeah Yeah, definitely that's a big part of our family nice Um, And, and clearly um uh I suppose a bit of the entrepreneurial spirit maybe from your dad that kind of hey I've yeah. never, built a, never built a house before but how hard can it be it's just some sticks and some fluff and um I've drawn it so I can only blame myself if I put the stick in the wrong place um, and he did it you know he, he built yeah. multiple houses in the end and sold yeah. them all and yeah so that was that was there but we had a bit of a conflict of interest though because he was working from home as an architect and then I was wanting to run my cell phone business on trade me <laughs> And we had um, we had dial-up internet, and so only one of us could. If I was on the internet checking my auctions, he couldn't take phone calls from clients. Yeah, yeah. So I remember him yelling at me a few times, like calling out, like "Get off the internet, Tish! I need to take a phone call." And I'd be like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" It's like, yeah, you you are your own business. Get your own phone line. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't big enough for that. I was only making good pocket money, really. Oh, that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a cool, <laughs> such a cool story. <laughs> Good old dial-up internet. Yeah, where? Yeah, where, I do not miss that. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sound, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a yeah. whole, whole yeah, shebang yeah. before you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. and faxes yeah. as well. I remember because my dad used to work from home, and um, yeah, yeah you pick up thanks. the phone, and, and there'd be a fax coming. Put the phone. Put the phone <laughs> 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 I remember that there's, too. There's, a, there's probably a whole bunch of people who might listen to this. Go, what are they? T- Faxes and dial-up internet. What what are they talking about? There's also cassettes and VHSs. Go and Google it. Youth people, young people of today, it'll be a whole world that you. Yeah. uh, yeah. I remember with our daughter, she was probably I don't know two or something, and um, she she was walking up to the TV screen trying to swipe the TV screen, you know, because used to right. (laughs) Moving. It's like all screens move clearly because that's (laughs) the one that I've been introduced to. Um, (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Um. Oh, super cool. So, um, so yeah, sort of the purpose and doing good. Yeah, I think um, it's 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 yeah. There's, there's a real mix, I guess, of what we see of people doing B Corp. Some are clearly like values driven humans who've built the business on values. Um, there's a, I'll give a shout out to Nicola from Zay Bags. I don't know if you have oh, yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, you know, similar similar kind of vibe. Um, just 
yeah. generally this business has been built around solving a suit so, so um check out Zaybags. so they, they um nicola works with weavers in myanmar so typically sort of disadvantaged females in rural communities they weave the bags for her with these beautiful patterns and she then imports and sells them in australia and new zealand and then pays you know a really good wage back to those people so that they can get um a better a better go at life and so yeah just like the some businesses are really just you can see like just you know cut them in half you, you can see the values written in the middle um whereas mm. i guess that there are more coming into the b corp community where maybe less values driven this is you know we're seeing that this is a there's you know there's more of a marketing or operational yeah. thing here and it's, it is interesting when you, when you sort of see the two um and when when we're working with them yeah how some it's kind of like yeah we, we could do that but that sounds a bit bit hard to do versus mm. oh wow yeah like we haven't thought about that we're going to add that to our list of doing more good because yeah we we do that from day one um so yeah in terms of b corp when did when did b corp pop up on on your radar as part of the sort of purpose doing good journey um i'd heard of it you know i'd seen it on products and heard people kind of talk about it in a general way for a few years and then I think it was around 2019 that I was like oh we should seriously look into this like what mm. what's, what's involved what's it yeah. about yeah so I started getting quite interested in it I think it was actually after reading yeah it was after reading that book from the Patagonia founder yep. let my people go surfing yep yeah, really great book I really enjoyed it um and yeah and I had a look into it and I was like oh this does look really good and then I sort of studied the framework a bit and thought wow this is quite comprehensive like it just seemed more comprehensive than anything I'd looked at before um because we had already done the carbon zero um certification at that point so that was very focused on you know emissions but not so much the rest of operations and yes I started working towards it then sort of 2019-ish and then we certified in 2021 start of 2021 so it was it was probably like a year and a half of prep before the audit and then there were also some delays over Christmas and so on so yeah a bit of a long process of getting there and then we've just recertified a couple of months ago um this year so yeah yeah congratulations two two rounds now and then already starting to prep for the next one because um yeah, it's kind of fun. Like once you get into it, you're like, oh, I want to increase our point score. You know, what other things can we improve and do <laughs> to, to increase our points? So yeah. it is it is motivating. Although I know the standards are evolving to change anyway. So, you know, the point system as yeah. it is, is, is going to change. But mm. yeah, which is interesting because, uh, yeah, B-Lab are interesting because, you know, they're obviously, you know, you, you're not supposed to mention if you're the highest scoring or the first in a, in a sector. Um, and they sometimes get a little bit, anti the points thing themselves but but wow. I, I actually think m- most people I speak to like the points because deep down everyone has got a little bit of competitive edge in them oh yeah they w- whether it's you know yes you, you you're comparing yourself to others but like you say it's actually can you just be better than than you than you were yesterday and, yeah. and I think actually having the points is a really useful way for, for you to know whether you're being better than you were but also to benchmark yourself against other people and go well hey how, how have they done that and then but in, instead of yeah but but typically what we find is most people at that point then go hey can we have a chat how did you how do you do that can we yeah can we replicate that rather than it being like a zero-sum game before there can only yeah. be one one company that does that as a b corp in the world it's like well no mm. every b corp can have a fair trade supply chain or what have you it's like let's let's learn how to go and do it so anyway yeah no, I, I like the system <clears throat> 
I mm. definitely have that competitive edge, but it's kind of like, it's like positive peer pressure, which, you know, there's a 100%. lot to be said for the effectiveness of that. And for 100%. us, like we certified it 96.7 the first time and then 111.2 nice. the second time. And so I felt like, oh, cool, I've actually made a decent improvement yeah. and then when I get sort of 120 plus next time. So yeah. it's, it, it gives you a goal to work towards, yeah. I guess. I, I totally agree. Mm. Um. So first time round, um, were there any, yeah, so 96, like that's a really solid first time score. That That's like real proof that you're doing some good stuff. Um, you know, a solid score was, yeah. Were there any sort of surprises um, where you kind of maybe thought, oh, we didn't think that was worth any points or we, did, we hadn't thought that that might contribute to B Corp or yeah. Any just sort of surprises or highlights of that, of that first time round? There were so many things that surprised me the first time around. I think <laughs> I think it was just because the the depth of what they wanted to know was really, I was like, oh, okay, they actually want me to go find that out. Wow, I haven't thought about that before. Like there really were things. I remember that spreadsheet where it was like you needed to track the exact miles of each item getting to you. So all your ingredients mm-hmm. yep. and all your packaging and how exactly how many miles they've taken to get to you. I was like, wow, that's pretty comprehensive. And then who owns all the companies you're buying from? Are they privately held? Are they multinationals? What's the the gender split in the company? What's the, like, uh, just, just the detail. That yeah. was, I was like, wow, this is, they really have thought about this. You know, it wasn't like, it yeah. wasn't easy at all. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I, I like to call it rigorous, but achievable. It's yeah, it's, cer- it it's certainly rigorous. not, you know, here, here's our money. We'd like a logo, please say how good no, we are. No, not at all. It's, it's actually, okay, no, we have to be doing this. And yeah, it, it's not just, oh, believe, of course, of course we do that. It's like, show me. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, which is why I think it's people are coming towards it because it's it is rigorous yeah thorough. it's it's thorough and it's social and environmental not just like you say yeah toy is great yeah but it's very specific um yeah versus more holistic yeah um and so where did you get the points increase was it was there like one particular initiative or was it you know lots of marginal gains that, that led you yeah it was a bunch. It was probably around processes, actually. Like that was the thing I, because we put quite a lot of effort the last couple of years, you know, since um, setting up a board, for example. So we'd never had a board. So we only set that up in the last couple of years. We created like a, like a health and safety kind of working committee for yeah. improving all of that. We didn't have one of those before. It was done more informally. So I think that really helped us the last time around, just having more structure, more governance, more like checks around certain areas yep. of the business. Um, that definitely helped us gain points. Nice. Because, yeah, it's something that we always talk to people. You know, the, the B Corp is a verification of what you are doing, but it's also mm. an impact guide for you to work out where you could do better. And yeah. you, you've, you've just been a textbook example of that. It's like verify the good that we are doing work out where we can do more and i guess it's um do do more good with what you can um without sort of destroying the company or breaking the bank um yeah, yeah. W- what can we work on what have we got the resource to do that is meaningful for us that's going to be meaningful for our stakeholders um and then yeah go again next time right yeah so for the next one i've put together a spreadsheet of here's all the areas we could gain more points if we wanted yep. to focus on them and I think I totaled up that we get an extra like 33 points if we did all yep. of them, you know, yep. which would be a mega effort. So it's unlikely yep. we're going to get all of them done. But 
and then we can kind of pick and choose the ones where that we're going to put the energy and focus into before the next audit assuming that by the next audit we still have the point system because i think yep. the the new the new stuff's coming into play sort of early next year maybe well, but i think yeah, it's going to be a gradual rollout yeah uh, the the rumor I've heard is it is it might be pushed back a bit because I think they got a, I think they got way more feedback on it than they thought they were going to get oh, and I think okay. I think it's been mixed is my understanding um, and yeah talking to the B Lab team in Aussie what they seem to be saying is for B Corps like you and my yours or mine that that have sort of built their impact around the current model you might have a complete recertification cycle before you have to start thinking about the next one so that you've basically got possibly six years now for you to start thinking about the new one because mm. yeah i mean we're a three-time b corp so yeah we've i've built my model on the current system and so yes. yeah to suddenly have to unbundle change some it. of it and change mm. it it's, it's yeah so that's my understanding um yeah mm. don't, don't hold me um to account for that um but that's yeah that's the rumor i've heard on the street which i think would be okay. and, and typically when they have updated the certification over the years they have given a grace period to say, well, if, if you've already started on this one, then you can continue. However, uh, on this date, in a year's time, if you haven't submitted on the current one, you will automatically be put onto the next one. So they're, they're normally yeah. pretty good at, at, at navigating that. So yeah, watch this space, I suppose. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, you mentioned the board stuff, and that that's a really interesting thing. Um, been talking to a few people recently, um, main one sandra smithall uh based in auckland um mm. she approached me at a b local event um in auckland a couple of months ago and said oh you're, you're the b corp bloke i said yes and she said oh well you you'll be able to tell me where do i go to do um a course on esg and governance and i ah. said that's a very good question i i don't know that there is one and she said well i i'm looking for one so she she specializes as, as like a, a professional director and she mm. said I, I i've looked for one as well i can't find one so we, mm. we've started scheming on maybe creating a, a a course for directors and and ceos on what does actually esg and governance look like mm. and so curious what your path has been like in terms of like the makeup of your board because one one thing i've certainly found with some b corps who've Who've, who've got boards is the board doesn't really understand the B Corp and yeah. they're still thinking in just you know minimize risk maximize financial return um and then a couple of them have maybe got carbon in their head as like that's the big thing that you should be looking at where this one company for example that I'm thinking of they were a tech well they're a tech company and mm. you know that we, we work remotely our carbon emissions are basically nothing there's no point us reporting that on a weekly basis for you mm. as the board because it's a waste of our time when actually the biggest thing for us is maybe client selection it's um you know products there's a whole bunch of other stuff and so I, I think we're in this really interesting phase where we've got a lot of governance people some of whom have no interest at all in business for good and purpose and and not profit um, mm. some who have got enough information to be dangerous and are just prodding at the wrong thing. Enough and, information and the, to be dangerous. I like that description. And, and, <laughs> and possibly a handful at the end who genuinely get it and yeah. have actually worked with a company. Because, yeah, I, I believe you might have got someone on your board who used to be the CEO of a B Corp. Is that correct? Yeah, so we're kind of lucky in that way. because um, So the chair of our board is Leon Clement. Yeah. And he was CEO of Sinlay and he put them through the B Corp process or yeah. you know, sort of drove that yeah. certification process. 
Um, so he understands Speaker really well. Yeah. And really rates it and, and backs it. And that's awesome. And then our other representation is from our major investor, um, Pioneer. Yep. And they are going through the certification process themselves at the moment. Um, so they're also gaining a sort of firsthand experience of it too. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got really good speak of understanding um, and backing. I think everyone is, is into it and we've made it sort of a foundational goal. You know, it's like a pillar yep. of our business strategy is to achieve at a really high level with our, with yep. our B Corp certification. So Nice. So it sounds yeah. like you've got a, a, a sort of a depth or a, um, yeah, a level of understanding. Uh, so and, and do you find, I mean, obviously without giving away information that you can't be giving away, but in general, the conversations at the board level, they're, they're understanding the, the balance between purpose and profit. It's not just, yeah, but teach the, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. It, it, it is. <laughs> yes. People do care about numbers, <laughs> I must say. They do a lot. Yeah. Look at the B Corp member, people. The B Corp member. Yeah. That's the number <laughs> that's, we want That's to going up really, for. really quickly. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been the person that, I mean, for me, I've never really cared that much about profit, like with, you know, different things that I've done. Um, I kind of, I'm very, I'm very impact focused. That's sort of just yeah. me, but, but it, I need balancing out on that. So that's why I yep. said my co-founder is really good at balancing me or, you know, in the early days, because I probably would have given away all our profit um, yep. <laughs> and not necessarily reinvested enough back in the business. And so he yep. would be like, well, actually, Tish, we're going to need to allocate this over here. So yep. just, you know, ease your back on those initiatives <laughs> that you want to do. <laughs> um, so I recognize you need the, the mix, but I do think that, it's becoming increasingly important and increasingly valued at all levels to mm. do this stuff now. And that's what I'm excited about because it it doesn't feel like it just has to be kind of one passionate person within an organization anymore. There's like actual pressure, you know, coming in from all sides, from consumers, from new governance standards, from new reporting standards that people are requesting, banks even, you know, like it's it's all moving in that direction. So yeah, I think everyone can see that and recognize that. And so finally, this sort of stuff is getting the attention that it needs and the importance that it needs. And it's getting a dedicated time within a board meeting to be looked at and talked about. And I'm sure that just didn't used to happen, like not so long ago. I, I'm, I would be very surprised if it was yeah, happening at many boards. So yeah, so we have an impact section in, in every board meeting um, nice. to talk about the stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the vast majority of companies the board is still focused on yeah numbers revenue, numbers, re, numbers. Reven, yeah revenue and risk like where, where are we at risk uh, you know why, why are we not making as much money as we as we could be and i think that this is the interesting because obviously with the um the new purpose and stakeholder requirement for the constitution i think mm. that this is where sarge and i are really interested like there's there's a bunch of board members who are maybe working for companies or working on company boards where they've kind of gone yeah sure go and do this beacon thing um and then it's like that actually you now have a legal, you know, a responsibility to uphold this constitution and to to actually think about this stuff. And I think this is where Sandra and I are really interested is, is actually how many board members can actually think that way. You know, mm. it's 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 less it's less around, well, here's a flow chart of you know, because health and safety, it, it's kind of fairly logical and you know, we, we need to make sure that people are safe, they've been trained so that they don't do stupid things. And yeah. any areas where they could do a stupid thing, we put a barrier We've or something. Prevented to, it. Yeah, to prevent mm. it. Mm -hmm. um, was it the whole? Um, yeah, uh, I can't remember. The, I did a health and safety course when I was working in the in the construction sector myself. Um, 
yeah, you mitigate, remove, or whatever it is. There's the three three basic principles. But yeah, with with thinking of purpose and impact, it's more of a spiritual, metaphysical consciousness thing. And, and yeah. I think that's that's the challenge is getting people who've only been taught to think about think in numbers to actually think in a more holistic people planet. And and I think that that for me is at the crux of what this ESG because because yeah it could just be another course with here's a checklist you know have you polluted the environment have we done that okay we haven't done that okay that's the start <laughs> hey, um are we paying people enough money to survive oh well some of them okay well we'll you know it's like well it, it's deeper than that and and i think that's the tricky thing but i think it's really refreshing to hear that you know yeah you, you know you've, you've obviously got a couple of board members who who are getting it or or, or at mm. least or maybe you're on the journey to, to getting it on and, that and journey. i think it's it's going to become more because uh, uh, yeah i think you know i would suggest leon is probably one of the only people to because I, I think he was on the board at sinlay as well as ceo yes so he, mm. he's possibly one of the only directors who's been on the board been on two, both sides of, well who's been on the board of two b corps i mean how many oh, how many you know, how many other people have transitioned between two but i remember there was a lady mm-hmm. at um Kathmandu. i can't remember her name now um but she used to work for Toitu and then she moved to Kathmandu. And this, this was about five years ago. Oh. I said to her, you are possibly the first inter B Corp transfer in New Zealand. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Because we haven't, mm. you know, we haven't, haven't had, had enough that... of them. No, to it hasn't been enough of them. And, and, a, and enough at scale for, you know, possibly you to pinch the operations manager from Fix and Fog or whatever, or vice yeah. versa. It's like, we haven't had that much cross-pollination. It's all been quite vertically sort of siloed mm. just just by nature of well you've only been around for a few years um, yeah true so that's so true i think there's going to be some interesting periods coming up as as more and more b corps come through and there are you know I, I look back and go you know I'm, i am fundamentally unemployable but when i was looking at trying to find a job with more purpose and meaning there were only two b corps in new zealand right so it's like, like is it this one or this yeah, one <laughs> yeah well, n- neither of which were hiring it's like, right <laughs> So bit, uh, almost yeah a bit like yourself it's like well stuff it i'll just make my own big or mm. <laughs> come come and just start my own party instead of joining your party <laughs> it's like you say like all of the stuff they're intangibles and it's just such an interesting space to work in like trying to put value on something that's mm. innately intangible there's this really good book um by rory sutherland it's called alchemy i don't know right. if you know it he's, he's a I marketing know, guy i know but... rory sutherland yeah he talks about yeah the value of intangible and ha- and how you might not realize but it can change everything so yeah and it can and i and i think the stuff has so much value even though it's hard to put into a quantifiable tidy little spreadsheet for people to look at but if you took it away you know if we took all of this all this good stuff out of Wrangler food go all the values and all the good that we do and so on if we just took it away what would we be like we'd be yeah. an empty shell of a company yeah. <laughs> so, <Literally>. make, <laughs> so it's just not yeah it, mm. it's hard to define but so important it is and I think this is this is the challenge because if you try and make the intangible tangible it sometimes loses its magic yeah and, you take and, the magic and, out of it and I, and I think this is this is the challenge in my in my mind for this esg course is how do you get because most boards are made up of very tangible types of people it's lawyers yes. accountants you know insurance the numbers like it's, people it's their numbers mm-hmm. it's logic it's spread like i say it's spreadsheet and and actually it's it's not about that it's what is the feeling that that we all have knowing that we've made some cool impact today yes we might be able to put a number on okay we gave out x number of free jars of yogurt 
but how did that make those people feel and what's the impact that that's had in that family which has now resonated into another company you know and and you know the tendrils of impact that are going off in all directions that we will never be able to measure but yeah you know, but you do know that they're there and, and i think this no. is the thing it's it's yeah yeah. yeah, it's love, really. Like, it's yeah. brand love, you know. Like, yeah. I meet people and talk to them and they've had some positive interaction with us at some point, and it might have been years ago, but they haven't forgotten that, you know. They've kept buying the yogurt because of that. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, but very hard to, yeah, quantify. Mm. And as I, I say this in, in one of my workshops, you know, people won't remember what you had. They remember what you did and how you did it. But mm. you, you can't. You can't measure that. You you can measure. Well, I have this mat in my bank account, but you can't measure. I I, I you know because there'll be talks that you've given or s- something that you've done. There'll be hundreds of people who you have impacted, but they'll never tell you that they impacted you, and 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 you will never know. But no. You, you, but you can go. Well, we sold a thousand units of yogurt today. Yeah. I'd love to have a fake funeral. I've thought about this multiple times. You know, like one of those funerals. Fake your your own death. (laughs) Yeah, where all these people come out of the woodwork and they're like, wow, you know, and you get to hear all that stuff because you're still secretly alive. So you're actually listening in from your coffin. (laughs) Who's who's that person with the beard at the back there? I don't know. That's a bit familiar, though. (laughs) Suspiciously like Tish. Yeah, yeah. She's got got the same hat as Tish. What's going on there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In Raglan, you might struggle with such a close-knit community. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit bad. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, tell us a bit about some of the impact stuff that you're doing. Um, Well, there's quite a range of things. We've tried a bunch of things as well that sort of have worked and some things haven't worked, so we've ended up dropping them. Um, But we have a few things for the team. So we have uh, like a health and well-being fund. That was kind of a a new idea we didn't know anyone else who was doing one so we kind of came up with it ourselves so wanting to find a way to help people with things that fall outside ACC because mm-hmm. ACC is great but only if you're yep. injured um so more like preventative things things like seeing a naturopath or a nutritionist or getting counseling um yeah so we have this fun separate bank account set aside for the team and then they can apply if something comes up it could be like an emergency dental expense or one of the team needed like a colonoscopy or you know um those sorts of things and then we can fund it so we can either fully fund it or go halves with them depending on the situation um and that's been kind of cool and people that i've told you know um that too have said oh we might want to do something like that now companies i've ended up kind of advising a couple of other companies on setting one up and it's not particularly complex to set up mm. or to run, but it's, you know, it can make like a real difference for people who need it. Um, and just the other week, well, just last week, actually, I was handing out um, moon cups to all the female members of the team because I was mm-hmm. thinking like we have an all-female production team now, which was it's just sort of ended up that way. So like, without really, yeah. yeah. It, it's been interesting to see it shift. We used to have almost all dudes, and then for a while it was sort of 50 50, and now we've ended up with all the ladies. Um, yeah, and I was trying to think about what can we do for them? You know, what would be yeah. something that would, and so that's like reducing waste to landfill, um, yeah. and then also benefiting them and saving them money. And I just had a meeting today with this amazing local lady, um, one of the founders of the Extreme Zero Waste Recycling Center here, which was mm-hmm. quite sort of, New Zealand leading in its practices. They've, they've advised Auckland Council on how to do compost collections and that mm. sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so she came over today and we were talking about setting up a like a dedicated worm farm to deal with our um, 
like coconut fat waste from when we yep. filter out our water and we end up with a sort of sludgy coconut fat stuff. We're like, oh, maybe the worms can turn this into something mm. nutritious. So that might be something we look to kind of co-fund with them and and take them up our, our fat and they can turn it into something good. Yep. Um, yeah, we're doing all kinds of the, things. What's the product you've got in, is it Mitre 10 or Bunnings? Yeah, I was just going to mention those. Yeah, thanks for, for reminding me. The the braziers, the reforged braziers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was another sort of B Corp initiative. It was like, oh, what can we do with waste? You know, where's our waste? <laughs> can we do something cool with it? And, um, yeah, taking our empty steel drums, turning them into a product, selling them through Bunnings. So they're actually, you know, something useful, something beautiful. It was just going to scrap before. Yep. Um. So they're nationwide. And yeah, and then the Vibe Lifter program that I mentioned before, that's been really cool. We've done three grants so far and then, yeah, backing all sorts of different initiatives with that. And then this year we were working towards the climate positive um, with Toy2. So we only just got that a couple of months ago. So quite a bit of work and effort went into that. And then the other meeting I had today was kicking off our um, life cycle assessment process. That's something else for B Corp we've had sort of in the pipeline of, oh, we'd really like to do that one day. So getting that underway we've had quite a few meetings with them already planning it out and now we're you know going ahead nice. um so doing that for three products to start with from our our big jar range our best sellers yep. the 700 grams yep. um yeah so there's there's always heaps going on um nice. just finding finding the time really to yep. do all the ideas that come up yeah. <laughs> nice well it's a good place to be though and i, I think what's like you say but you you if you've got a baseline of being values driven and then using the B Corp framework, you 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 kind of your eyes are just open and looking for opportunity. Um, yeah, and that's just a really good place to be. Do you find the staff kind of get engaged and involved with with suggestions and ideas around? Hey, could we do this? Could we do that? Or can we do this slightly differently? Is that is that a thing as well? Yeah, I want to get more engagement going. I want to create like a dedicated B Corp action group. We haven't really had that. Um, so out of this last audit, I was thinking that, yeah, I want to make a little team and we sort of prepare for the next audit together. Yep. I've sort of done the bulk of it myself and called in people here and there for their areas. Yep. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's sort of extra workload, I guess, on top of the stuff they're already doing. Yeah. But I think it would be more fun to, yeah, look at it together. But they're really great at suggesting things. I remember, yeah, just recently they were like, oh, we should be supporting the school, you know, with excess yogurt. Can mm. we start up a donation thing with them? And we're like, yeah, definitely, let's do that. So now we're doing that. Um, we have started a like a rangatahi uh, work experience program for youth. Nice. Um, so we've had a couple come through and have like a paid sort of traineeship um mm. so they can get some good work experience for their cv and something to help them get a job so the team were all involved in that you know they were looking yeah. after them and training them and so on so we're hoping to have a couple more come through early next year um i had another team member make a suggestion about uh helping people living with disabilities to get work yep. experience so i was just chatting with a lady about that recently she had a a guy um on the autism spectrum who was interested in coming and getting some work experience so we'll see if we can make something work for them and i don't know there's always yeah there's always something popping up and people have ideas and Mm. yeah nice nice just good people yeah they are they're really good people and they all care about different things so that's the other thing that i found we've kind of we've ended up supporting a really eclectic range of things over the years <laughs> because various people are like well i want to support the orangutan so yep. so we have we've sponsored two orangutans for like five years because chris one guy who's now no longer yep. here 
was really keen on supporting the orangutan so you know yeah. that's sort of his thing and others are like well surf life-saving we we'll do something for yeah. them and so yeah so we're, we're spread across quite a few different things <laughs> but that's I think that's kind of good Which is nice. um yeah and I think I would definitely get get a team together for the B Corp because there, there will be people in the team who who will want to be part of it. But they're, they're all yeah. in, in a company like yours, they they won't see it as like a burden or an extra responsibility. It'll be like, oh, this is so cool. I get to kind of close the loop on what I'm seeing in my role and how we can be a better company. That's typically yeah what what we find with people anyway. Mm, um, yeah. And so I guess you sort of touched on it a little bit before, but that balancing purpose and profit, you, you would probably just be all purpose, don't care about the numbers. Um, the last podcast that I recorded, not sure what um, order they're going to come out in, but yeah, James Stewart from Jamelli Consulting. So he he is a hundred percent. Well, he donates all of his profit to charity at the end of the mm. year. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, um, re- small consulting business though, so possibly a bit easier to navigate that. Um, but yeah, so you you would clearly be all in on on impact, but you've got the board and the, the numbers people kind of pulling you back. And, and does that? generally you feel that that's working because obviously the more revenue you get the bigger impact you can have it's that it's yeah this constant juggle isn't it between okay well we can either go all in on impact now but actually if we double our production then we have potentially double the revenue which means we can so yeah is that is that something you've kind of come to terms with in general oh definitely like i really see the value in it I, you want to be a financially viable business and i see so many businesses that have gone under like since mm-hmm. we've started so many of my friends have had little enterprises that have yep. you know gone belly up and it's so sad because they put all this energy and love into it and then it hasn't worked because the numbers couldn't work so yep. i've got a, a an ever-increasing appreciation for numbers <laughs> even though it's not <laughs> like naturally in my wheelhouse but you know i've gotten yep. pretty good with that side of things over the years as well um, but then, yeah, in terms of my own values and what I do in my spare time, like I've I've created a charitable trust, um, the Values Trust, which I set up nearly two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, with yep. two other trustees. And so I'm spending all my extra time and money is all going into the trust and just all for good um, projects that we're doing with that. So we've got nice. three focus areas, uh, the three C's, climate, creatures, children's literacy. Nice. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm funneling everything I'm making out of the business into the value trust. <laughs> so very similar nice. probably to the, the guy yeah. you were just talking about, yeah. James, James Stewart, who I yeah. haven't met. Yeah. Um, and probably similar to, I think, um, yeah, Brand's doing something yeah. quite similar, right? With her foundation yeah. and yeah. yeah, which is really cool. So yeah, it's really nice to see more of that sort of thing happening, I guess. Like people are just wanting to make it all about giving back, which was awesome yeah um yeah so i guess the business needs to stay viable so we can keep employing people and keep growing and keep doing all the things that we're doing and and then i feel like yeah putting putting that sort of success into something good is the satisfying part yeah nice super super cool yeah no i mean you're you're a poster child b corp in many ways um, <laughs> you know atik is, is has always been one of my favorites because they were pretty early on in the piece um, yeah but i think yeah your, yours is just another brand similar to atik's where i sort of say to people you know look, look at raglan fuko look at look at atik they're both really hard to hate because you're, you're not doing anything bad you well I mean? that's i wouldn't agree because it it's so hard to not do anything bad like that's but, what i've realized like you can't any any activity you know we're using refrigerant for the chiller and we have trucks delivering our yogurt and like 
there's plastic that things come wrapped in on pallets that we can't get rid of yeah. because that's how they ship it to us. Like, so yeah. I, that's the, you know, I, I can still feel guilt about that sort of stuff yeah. because I know we, we do have a footprint. We are creating emissions. Yeah. We're not, you know, it's someone has a line, maybe this is Seb's line, but something about like, an elephant walking in the forest is always going to snap some twigs yep. <laughs> or something to that effect. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. a classic Seb line. Um, and yeah, just because you're growing means you're going to end up doing something, even yep. if you don't want to, and you're trying really hard not to. So yep. yes, I know we will be having some negative impacts as well, but hopefully we're, you know, balancing that out with all the other yep. stuff we're doing. But I think you're you're aware of it and you're and you're doing the best that you can. And I think that that's yeah. what I mean. It's like we're certainly your, trying. Your, your companies, you know, everything you've you've talked about today is like you, you've clearly got a really good lens on where you can be better. And and, and I think that's what I mean. It's like you know, because Etik is not a perfect company, but it's it's pretty hard to hate them because there's a lot of what they do is is you know the intentionality behind it and and the scale of the impact that they're making is so good. And I, I would put you in that same boat. You know you, the intent and and the scale of wh- where you're doing good and you know how you can do more good. It's it's just really cool. So yeah, don't feel so guilty big, because because yeah. you're you know you're doing so much already. You're doing so much more than you know most other companies in the world. You know we're still at only I think I looked today seven thousand two hundred B Corps. It's still like zero point zero one percent of the of the world is even. Yeah is even thinking about doing the good that, that you're doing already. So you're... It's just we've got so far to go. Like, it is a bit discouraging <laughs> when you think about it. Like, you know, we're doing our tiny little bit and then, yeah, anyway, I when I think too hard about climate change and everything that's happening, it does start to get a bit... Yep. Can be a bit overwhelming, you know. It's, mm. it's just so much to do. Yeah. Mm. Just You can just do what you can do, really, you know. Yeah, and, and... that's it again you don't don't underestimate the influence that you you will be having a massive influence there's probably you know a thousand people eating your product going i want to do something like this whether it's a mayonnaise or uh, i don't know whatever or maybe another Mm. company like there's yeah just don't underestimate and because i know on your website you've got a really cool impact page Um, yes someone we were working with a client the other day and they said oh we want to do something like that like what uh what raglan food car doing i was like yeah oh that's nice you should you should totally have a one page just with all your impact i mean we advise that to everyone it's like Mm. just put it up there you know be proud to highlight the stuff that that you're doing because people want to know that you're doing some good stuff yeah although there's the flip side of that at the moment and i don't know if you've seen this with the other b cops that you talked to but there's that side where because people are getting slammed you know so ruthlessly these days (laughs) like literally cancelled over whatever thing they've said or done that wasn't quite right and um someone told me a phrase for it recently i hadn't heard it before i think it was green hushing green, oh, green hushing, hushing or green shushing yeah, yeah, yeah green, i green hadn't hushing. heard of it before yeah, yeah. that's the one and so like yeah. purposely not talking about the things you're yeah. doing just in case the things you're doing aren't good enough and then someone has a go at you for them <laughs> so yeah. that's real shame i think that's such a negative atmosphere 100%. and I, you know we shouldn't but encourage it, that no but you're always going to get those people and it's 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 like you know my, my reply to that is always yeah don't read the comments on stuff you know yeah just, unless you want to feel depressed yeah yeah. it's like (laughs) there are people who just want to go out of their way to to make you feel bad and there's always going to be a but if you can and i think this is the thing you know if you can say well no hang on we are a certified b corporation we are in the top 0.01 percent of businesses globally measuring and reporting our our social and environmental impact here's all the stuff we're doing you you tell me where we can do better Come and be an be an advisor. Come and come and sit in on a board meeting, and you come you come and give us five ideas. We'll look at them. 
they mm. won't have five ideas because they're, the, they're those kind of people who just want to tear stuff down and mm. you're always going to get them but I, I my advice to, to companies that we're working with and b corps in general is if you can tell tell the story if it's authentic and it's transparent and it's true and it's good it doesn't if it's not perfect that's okay but explain why it's not perfect and explain why you can't fix it because some, sometimes it is systemic it's like there's just there is no other solution this is yeah. the best that there is i mean steve from eagle protects a great example of that b corp number one in new zealand they sell single-use disposable rubber gloves yes you i know, remember this one if if when you're making your products i imagine you have to put rubber probably gloves using on. some gloves yeah yeah well so as a consumer would i rather you you and your production team are wearing rubber gloves so that i'm not going to get possibly salmonella or e coli um mm. And and for that, you're going to have to produce some landfill. Or would I rather there's no landfill and possibly one in a thousand people get some awful horrible disease, disease. From, from your product, which is going to yeah. end up with you being shut down. So, you know, there is a, a hard barrier there to which you can do no more good than be using the best glove that you can, which would be Steve's. Mm-hmm. But I know that Steve is working on programs to try and develop other forms of barrier technology that isn't a disposable glove but at the minute you know that doesn't exist doesn't exist so you know don't hate the player hate the game and it's it's you know they're doing the best that they can and if you want to come and be a part of that solution i'm all ears but don't throw rocks at me because it's not perfect because you know there is no 200 point b corp no one has one b corp there is no company that can just go oh yeah we've achieved everything we are are holier than anyone and all and thou and yeah so you know, it's yeah. Like, it's I think a journey. Keep telling the good that you're doing. Do it authentically, and and explain where you can't do any more good, and and that's that's all you can do. And the the haters are going to potate and let them potate. And what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> yep, very true. Um, cool. So, um, finishing up then. What? So, what? What does being a B Corp mean to you? To me, it means that we're doing the very best thing that we can, <laughs> um, given available options, to make sure that we're actually making a difference. So it's like a tangible way of tracking the difference that we're making. Um, and it's the best framework that I've found to do that. I don't think a better one exists. Um, yeah, so I'm into it. And I've told so many people to, you know, do it as well <laughs> and look into it as well because I really think it is it is positive you know if, if you if you implement the suggested changes it's going to make a positive impact it's, it's like unavoidable you know because they're actually genuinely good ideas and the first time we went through it there were heaps of things that prompted us to think about that we hadn't thought about before and now we have all those things in place and we're better for it like it's kind of like business coaching or business consulting but very practical so I, I yeah I think it's great. Hundred percent, cannot agree more. Um, and so, looking to the future, what do you, what does the future look like for B Corp? Do you think looking ten years maybe into the future? The B Corp itself. Well, I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping that we just get to a point where it's just the norm and it's just expected. Like, it's just sort of the the standard for having a good business, and you're kind of almost looked down on in that kind of positive peer pressure way <laughs> if you're not one because people are like oh you haven't become a b corp yet oh well okay you know why have you not done that and yeah it's almost like you have something to hide or something yeah, yeah. um that would be um, i don't know if we'll get there in 10 years but yeah that would be the goal like a good dent I'm, I'm looking at getting some t-shirts made up with just the slogan do you even b corp 
on it. Yeah, that's good. That's funny. <laughs> just, to, just to start that positive peer pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, what does the future look like for Raglan Fuko? You're, you're committed to Raglan, clearly. That's yes. The, there's no no move going to happen. But um, yeah, what's what's not the future look like? Not moving at all. I know. Um, not so long ago, you uh, it, you had the Aoli products that you've launched. So uh, yeah, yeah, the Mayo any, and the Aoli have come out. Anything else that you can you can tell tell people about, or is it all secret squirrel product development? Can't tell anyone. Quite a lot of things are secret scroll, but the big news at the moment, which we're just sort of starting to tell people about, is launching in the US. So mm-hmm. literally this month, <laughs> our first product's going out into some stores wow. um, in the New York area. So nice. we've been working towards that for four years now. It's been a really long journey. We've hired a GM over there, um, Elizabeth. She's really lovely. Um, we found a production partner over there as well. So, you nice. know, so we're not shipping it because the yep. freight would be ridiculous and yep. definitely not good for emissions. Um, and it's pretty exciting because it's, it's, it's a big, exciting, cool market. Um, we've registered as a B Corp over there as well. So, yep. yeah, committed to the same yep. standards for the US side of things. And, yeah, just four, four flavors to start with. We're going to see how they go and yep. see what the feedback is from people. But... Hopefully it's um it's gonna be a hit because there does seem to be a gap. The stuff over there, there's lots of options, but they don't taste that great. So yeah. we think our taste is definitely superior. Mm. Nice. You got the secret, the fifty-one herbs and spices, whatever it is. KFC <laughs> secret. <laughs> Way less than fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty short on ingredients, really, compared to KFC. Yogurt, but yeah. Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Put the two together. Oh, where we go. Pretty I mean, much. They, I mean, that's super exciting. Um it must feel a little bit surreal, maybe, going from just making it um, in your tiny kitchen. little raglan, yeah, yeah. raglan to the world. But I, and do you think? I mean, the whole brand NZ brand Kiwi. Um, it's I, a plus. I, I feel. I feel yeah, that that's going to be, you know, from this small town on the country that misses most maps that people don't even know that it exists. Yeah. To your day um, in New York. Some yogurt, yeah. yeah. With your with well, the story and the backstory and how you know starting in the kitchen. I think I think the Americans will really appreciate your like the backstory. They love a been... startup story. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's classic Shark Tank, which I've always wanted to go on just because it looks so fun. <laughs> <laughs> just throw yogurt at them. Hey, take that, take that. <laughs> have a taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but others have done it really well, like um Vixen Fogs. Yep. Launched really successfully in the US. Lewis Road Creamery has done yep. quite well. Um, yeah, so I guess we're yeah following in the footsteps of people who have done it. Um, yeah. I'm hoping we can do it too. Nice. Mm. Well, I have no doubt based on what you've achieved and success to date and how you're just approaching it in general that it will be a huge success. I don't have many friends in New York, but I did speak to a film company the other day who were almost a B Corp in New York. I will message ah. him and say, hey, go and tell all your friends. Go check yes, it out. Yes, please. Um, Raglan, uh, Raglan Fuko yogurt in your nearest deli. Um, super exciting. Hey, really good to chat. That's all That's all I've got. And this is anything else you want to delve into, but uh, I feel like we've covered a, a good amount of ground. Yeah, um, I think we covered heaps. Yeah. Um, no, I just love your work. Love what you're doing. Um, love your approach to just being better over time. You, you, like I say, you're, you're a textbook approach to B Corp. Just get in there, get it done. Oh, well, there's some stuff we could do. Let's go do it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And um, yeah. Yeah, go you. Yeah, oh, thanks, Tim. That was fun chatting. Yeah, likewise. Cool. Oh well, catch you soon. See ya.
Hey, it's Tim here, that B Corp bloke from Grow Good. If you want more content on purpose, B Corp, how to do more good in the world as an individual or a business, then you know the drill. Hit the like and subscribe. Check out some of our other videos. They're probably floating around here somewhere. You know how it works. Thank you so much. See you next time.